Greetings to the brightest audience in the country. Welcome to Bob Inyart Live. I'm the pastor of Denver Bible Church. We have WorldNet Daily, a conservative news outlet, making an argument about why we need guns. And of course, here on Bob Inyart Live, we have a biblical Christian worldview. And their argument for why we need guns, in fact, when Joe Biden just a few days ago, former vice president, was talking about gun restrictions, WorldNet Daily came out with an article saying that Joe Biden accidentally made the best case for gun rights. And that is that we need guns so we could kill governing officials. How's that one? So that we could violently overthrow the government. Now, that's false and it's dangerous. Of course, it's consistent with Thomas Jefferson, but it is totally contradictory to the Word of God. So we want to talk a bit about that. Also, the U.S. Supreme Court, their ruling upholding Obamacare, and it was a 7-2 to ruling, and Amy Coney Barrett and Brett Kavanaugh voted to uphold Obamacare, which is socialist. So anyone who was surprised by this is a very poor observer, if that surprised you, and if you feel that you were let down, you know, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. So if you feel that you were let down, that means you have been fooled. We try to count this up. More than 620 times in the past 30 years, if you felt that you were let down by Barrett and Kavanaugh voting with the rest of the Republican majority to uphold Obamacare, which is socialist, which means it's criminal. It's inherently criminal because it violates God's enduring command, thou shall not steal, then you have become the kind of person who wants to be lied to if they let you down, if you expected anything better from them. So we want to talk about that. Also, our poor friend, Jack Phillips, owner of Masterpiece Cake Shop, constantly being sued for, what is it now, 20 years going on? Poor guy. Our family, typically, we only get our cakes from Jack, and this goes back many years. Denver Bible Church moved a while back to our new location just west of Denver at I-70 in Kipling. And if you're around on a Sunday morning, 9.30 Sunday school, 11 o'clock worship service, you're more than welcome to attend. But our first location was just, I don't know, a mile or two from Masterpiece Cake Shop down on Hampton. And what is it down there? Wadsworth. So we've been longtime friends, not close friends, but supporters of Jack and his attorneys, we view him as a hero, but not his attorneys. And by now, he should know better also. But 
the current lawsuit against him where a pervert wanted him to make a pink and blue cake for, I don't know, a tranny coming out, a guy who wants to be a woman or a woman wants to be a guy or whatever. And they're trying to get him on a technicality. And the technicality, regardless of whether it's valid or not, is the fault of their approach. For example, Jack Phillips' attorneys have argued that he shouldn't have to make a pro-homosexual wedding cake because it's an artistic expression. That's why. And if it's not an artistic expression, then any service provider, anyone would have to comply with a request from a homosexual to promote the homosexual agenda. So let's say you're a house painter and in some inner city, some homosexual, flamboyant, somebody from the Caribbean says, I'm hiring you to paint my house, and here are the colors. I want you to paint every other slat pink and blue, pink and blue, pink and blue, so I could announce to the world my gayness. And then according to Jack Phillips' attorneys, he would have no choice. He'd have to do it because he's not an artist. He's just a painter. And it's not an artistic expression to spray paint on a house. It takes real talent to do it well, but it's not exactly a First Amendment issue of free speech. So according to their defense, they have conceded to the homosexuals 99.9% of all professions. And only those professions that involve free speech should have the freedom to not promote a homosexual agenda. So like a printer, for example. Homosexuals come to a printer wanting to get flyers made for their perversion. And what would they have to do, according to Jack Phillips' attorneys? Well, the ADF, Alliance Defending Freedom, and by the way, they've represented us in the past. By us, I mean some of our own kids in our Christian activism. But the ADF argument left Jack Phillips and 99.9% of other professions open to being compelled by homosexuals to promote their agenda because their argument is that a wedding cake, the homo's argument, is that a wedding cake, if that is artistic expression, then the act of making a cake with certain color frosting is not speech. It's not speech. It's just making a cake with pink and blue frosting or pink and blue cake inside. That's it. So the point isn't that the current lawsuit has merit or not based on the previous Supreme Court ruling in Jack's case, previous case, or based on his own attorney's arguments. That's not the point. The point is that the Christian attorneys, and that phrase is almost an oxymoron. It's almost an oxymoron, Christian attorneys, that the Christian attorneys at Alliance Defending Freedom has painted the body of Christ into a corner from which 99.9% of us would have to comply with the demands of homosexuals. 
in our capacity as employees or owners of companies providing a service to the public, we would have to promote their agenda if they found a way to ask for our services in order to promote the perversion of homosexuality. So Kristen Wagoner over at ADF, she's been representing Jack Phillips for 10 years now. And she says, well, we're going to appeal this latest ruling from Colorado's second judicial district. What a catastrophe when our leaders, our heroes, those who are fighting for the truth, for righteousness, when they have no idea what they're doing, no idea, they might as well be working for the enemy. Because when you win a battle at the expense of the war, you haven't done anyone any favors. And we also have a rock and roller. I never heard of this guy. Maybe you have Mumford and Sons. Not Sanford and Sons. Mumford and Sons. Hey, I wonder if Sanford and Sons have, has been canceled. That sitcom from the 70s. It had to be canceled. It had an all-black cast, right? But it doesn't matter. I'm sure it was canceled. Uh, Mumford and Sons, their lead guitarist apologized for making a comment on a book about Antifa. And his comment was positive. He tweeted out that there was a good book on the group, and the book is by journalist Andy Na. You might have seen his name. It's easy to remember. Andy Na, N-G-O, is the spelling of his last name. His book is titled Unmasked, Inside Antifa's Radical Plan to Destroy Democracy. Now, if that's all they were about, destroying democracy, I really wouldn't be too upset with them. Democracy is a political system. Socialism, Marxism, communism, they're economic systems. And Christian morality, they are human systems for survival of civilization. And Antifa, of course, wants to destroy marriage, destroy God's command against adultery, and so on. And destroy God's command, thou shalt not steal. So Antifa is bad for those reasons, not because they're against democracy. And actually, in a country where the majority is overwhelmingly progressive and socialist or Marxist, Antifa wouldn't be against democracy at all in that kind of country. So it's not especially insightful to think that Antifa's big thing is to oppose democracy. But we get Andy's point. His point is Antifa is trying to destroy America. That's his point. So Winston Marshall is the lead guitar player for Mumford & Sons, and he tweeted a compliment about the book. He's made comments over the years about books. Apparently he's an avid reader. And, hey, this is, this is a good book. This is worth reading to find out about Antifa. So, of course, the effort was fierce and immediate to cancel their band. And what he did was he apologized. And now he's come out and he said he's quit the group and he 
is sorry that he apologized. How wrong I turned out to be in apologizing. So he's called a fascist, right, by the left, by Antifa, despite the fact that his grandmother, one of the only members of his family to survive the Holocaust, he was close to his grandmother, and 13 members of his family were murdered by the Germans. So he said, you know, we we know the evils of fascism, and to call me fascist, of course, the truth means nothing to the left. Being exposed as being wrong means nothing to the left. Being exposed as a liar means nothing to the left. And by the left, our mainstream culture, the Democratic Party, our universities, the media, and so on. So this Winston Marshall said that, look, the, the criticism about my tweet, if it were up to me, I really couldn't care less, but the band was being hurt, maybe destroyed, and so that's why he caved in and issued an apology, and I'd like to quote from him, and he ends up quoting from Alexander Solzhenitsyn. Solzhenitsyn wrote Gulag Archipelago, and I got to read that. Sometimes it's difficult to read something that's, what, 1,500 pages long? Where do you find the time? Only I was incarcerated. It was perfect. What a book to read while you're in jail unjustly. So I read Solzhenitsyn's book on how the Soviet Union eventually got around to imprisoning and killing millions of their own people. Incredible book, of course. And he was in prison. They would get tenors. If you were in the choir of your church, they'd come around. First, they got the choir directors. They arrested the choir directors from all over the country. They figure if you're a choir director, you got to be bad. So they gave them all tenors, 10-year sentences in work camps. And then they needed more workers, so then they went around to the churches and got the membership list, the list of members of the choir. Then they started arresting the choir members. And how do you know this? Well, you know it by being in the gulag, in the Soviet Union, and interacting with hundreds, even thousands of prisoners, other fellow prisoners over a period of many years, And Solzhenitsyn was able to write because he was able, as a prisoner, to get paper and a pencil, and he was able to write and smuggle his writing ever so often out of the prison. That's how we today can read the Gulag Archipelago. In the Gulag, by the way, that text in Russia, they created an abridged version for classrooms and... Not long ago, it became mandatory reading, which is really awesome. Germany has done some similar things to do everything they can to educate their population. The fact that Russia did that and that Putin supported it, that's really a shocker to me. But when you Google, is Gulag Archipelago, and then you let Google autocomplete finish it? The first thing that pops up is, is it fiction? How's that one? Talk about the ignorance of the masses. The second thing that pops up, is it true? 
And the reason for that kind of perception of the public that it would be at the top of Google's autocomplete is that there are many socialists who hate Solzhenitsyn. They hate his firsthand account of what the Russians, the Soviets did to their own people. They hate it. And so they want to do what they can to undermine it. So you end up with people wondering, is the earth flat? Is Gulag archipelago? Is it fiction? And by the way, I don't want to do this now. I don't think we'll have time at the end of the show. But the word archipelago, you know, that has the root from the word in Genesis that in the days of Peleg, the earth was divided. And that means divided by water. It wasn't the languages that were divided. It wasn't the people that were divided. It was the earth was divided and divided by water. That's when the land bridges that connected the world's continents, that's when they were submerged. And you don't have to raise sea level by all that much to submerge all those land bridges, like the Bering Strait between Asia and Alaska, North America. If you're interested in that, our website, kgov.com slash Peleg, and you can see even an animation if you change sea level by a tiny fraction, you end up connecting virtually all the major land masses in the world. Even you could get to Australia without much trouble. You need boats to get from here to there, but nothing like being out at the edge of the Pacific Ocean or the Indian Ocean. So back to Winston Marshall with Mumford and Sons. He has just written, quote, in the mania of the moment, I was desperate to protect my bandmates. The hornet's nest that I had unwittingly hit had unleashed a black-hearted swarm on them, my bandmates, and on their families. I didn't want them to suffer for my actions. They were my priority. But he has since now reflected on that. And he says that the apology was a mistake. In a small way, my apology participates in the lie that such extremism on the left does not exist, or worse, is a force for good. How's that one? So he quoted then from Solzhenitsyn's essay, Live Not By Lies. Isn't that great? live not by lies. Like I said earlier, if you were let down by Amy Coney Barrett and Brett Kavanaugh, that means you expected righteousness from them. You expected something good for them. And fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Fool me 620 times. I am a blithering idiot. I am someone who wants to be lied to Please lie to me so that I could feel good about defeating the Democrats because I have a lust for defeating the Democrats and satiating my lust means more to me than understanding God's word and honoring him. So if that's you, be sad for a moment, but then be thankful that you're figuring out where you're going wrong in your life. You can be glad. So... Marshall quotes Solzhenitsyn, and he who is not sufficiently courageous 
to defend his soul, don't let him be proud of his progressive views, and don't let him boast that he is an academician or a people's artist, a distinguished figure or a general. Let him say to himself, I am a part of the herd and a coward. It's all the same to me as long as I'm fed and kept warm. Wow. So Solzhenitsyn, in pointing out all those who went along with the lie and the big lie, he said, hey, it might be somebody in academia. It might be an artist. And isn't that exactly what Winston Marshall is as a musician, a guitarist? He's an artist. If I'm a distinguished figure, I mean, a celebrity is a distinguished figure. If I am a general, like that idiot who testified in Congress a week ago about white rage, what an idiot that guy was. What a racist. He's a reverse Uncle Tom. So Solzhenitsyn says, look, if you are a lead guitarist for a band, say to yourself, I am a part of the herd and I am a coward. It's all the same to me as long as I'm fed and kept warm. Isn't that something? So the guitarist said he realized he had to leave the band. Quote, I could remain and continue to self-censor, but it will erode my sense of integrity. Gnaw my conscience. I've already felt that beginning. And of course you would, right? To apologize for condemning injustice. Then you apologize. Then you're part of the problem. You are the coward who wants to be fed and kept warm. Cheryl and I saw the film in theaters now that the COVID is winding down, hopefully. Theaters opened up. And so we went to see the film about the Holocaust called Final Account. And unlike all the other films, documentaries, books, we've read about it, this was from the opposite perspective. It's amazing. Instead of being from the victim's perspective or the liberator's perspective, this was from the German perspective. They interviewed dozens of Germans, two-hour film, a series of relatively short interviews spliced going from one to another, really well done. And what no one ever said was, I should have realized my life wasn't worth it. I should have realized it wasn't worth my life to follow orders. People often, you know, they think too much of themselves. They think they have to survive no matter what. But Jesus said, what does it profit a man if he gained the whole world and loses his soul? So what does it matter if you get another day or another 10 years or another 60 years if you're part of the machine that destroys the innocent? What does it matter? It's the devil's game. And it is sad that not one German in that film, final account, that not one came up with that analysis that it would have been far better for me, far better for us to be willing to be killed than to comply. Far better. 
And Bonhoeffer, he realized that, right? Bonhoeffer realized that, and a great Christian leader in Germany, spent a lot of time in the Bronx, went back to Germany, and he was executed for his part in a plot to kill Hitler as a fabulous Christian leader. And that was just, I think it was two days before the end of the war, he was killed. And what a hero he is. Now, how could it be that what Bonhoeffer did was good and right, and yet what WorldNet Daily is advocating that we need guns to kill governing officials? When the government violates our rights, we need to be able to use force. How could it be that what Bonhoeffer did was right and what WorldNet Daily is advocating is wrong? How could that be? Well, we have an entire article on it. Actually, it's a worksheet over at American Right to Life's website, and it's about whether or not you should be a vigilante. And that's at AmericanRTL.org slash vigilante. We'll link to it from today's show summary, kgov.com. Find today's program, June 28th, 2021, and we'll put a link to our vigilante worksheet that's based on a biblical Christian worldview. So Winston Marshall concludes, I'm able to speak my mind now without my bandmates suffering the consequences. That's not necessarily true, right? They, the cancel crowd, they don't care if you left. They easily could punish the band anyway as a lesson to others. But the whole band should affirm him. They shouldn't be cowards. They should affirm him. I leave with love in my heart, and I wish those three boys nothing but the best. I have no doubt that their stars will shine long into the future. Really nice. He also plays the banjo like dueling banjos. So absolutely cool. So this was a bit of a rundown in a way, an exercise in how to read conservative news stories, how to read them, how to understand the headlines published by conservatives. And you'll see if you do this carefully over a short period of time, that the conservative movement in America is not a biblical movement. I mean, they have more in common with biblical principles than the left, but it is far more a humanist movement with some affinity to conservative principles than it is a biblically-based movement, and that means it's dangerous. Jesus said, I'd rather you be hot or cold. He's talking about good or evil. But because you're lukewarm, I will spit you out of my mouth. Lukewarm. Wow. So we'll get to the guns tomorrow. May God bless you guys. The murderers on death row today should be executed. Excuse me, what did he just say? My name's Doug McBurney, and I heard Bob Enyart say just that in 1995, and I've been listening ever since. I found out that the death penalty is at the heart of the gospel and that Christianity and justice need not be mutually exclusive. A video titled God and the Death Penalty is available today at kgov.com. God and the Death Penalty examines God's ideas about justice. You'll learn the New Testament verses affirming the death penalty and understand why God never repealed capital punishment. Find out God's opinion 
Order God and the Death Penalty today at kgov.com. That's God and the Death Penalty at kgov.com. Hello, I'm Josh Craddock, and at 14 years old, I'm a little partial to Bob and Yart's manuscript, The Plot, since I helped with The Plot Boys, a series of audio Bible studies for junior high and high school students like me who want to dig deeper and better understand the Bible. The Plot is an overview of the entire Bible, because once you understand the overview of the Bible, then you have the key to understanding its details. And that's what makes the entire Bible fun to read. So please order your copy of The Plot today. Call 1-800-836-9278. That's 1-800-836-9278. Or go to kgov.com. That's kgov.com. And remember, your support, both prayerfully and financially, keeps Bob and Yard live on the air. Thank you.